Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the following. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. And now, gang, we're going to move on to um, uh, education and less entertainment. Um, and But you, you would have to admit, look, Susan, you should see all the thumbs up they're giving. Unbelievable. Thanks. Guys and girls, do us a favour. If you like what you heard, you know how important it is for us to share the love. Press that share button. And I'm about to give you guys and girls a business lesson. Now, I want to be very clear. The stuff I'm going to talk to you about, I wish when I was 18 years of age, when I was 18 years of age, someone had sat me down and said, listen to me for the next 20 minutes. I'm going to give you nine things they won't teach you at university Nine things you won't get some, you know, professional trainer or coach that's going to come in and tell you this stuff because it's unorthodox. And unless you live it, you'll never learn it. So what I'm going to do is try and give you my years of experience. Um, and I have to say to you that many of you know me as the guy that, you know, does auctions, the guy that does a bit of sky business of TV, the guy that does the real estate gym. But for around 15 years, I was an executive at News Corporation, and I still I have an agreement and a relationship with both News Corp and realestate.com. Um, so in many ways, um, whilst I'm not an executive there, I will be there tomorrow where I do you know, Sky Business, and I'll have a number of meetings with the people. Um, but what I can say to you is that... Um, during the time I was there, um, I ran, you know, a, a very profitable division of News Corp. Um, at its highest, you know, um, I think over $400 million in revenue per year. So just picture, you wake up at the start of the month and you, you know, pretty much um, have to uh, look at getting, you know, at, by the end of the month, 30 to $40 million in revenue. Um, some months, obviously, it's weighted more, particularly the fact that it was a real estate category and that we clearly know that you know September, October, November mean more than June, July, August. But essentially, what I'm going to give you is nine lessons, whether you're in small business, whether you're a corporate person, whoever you are, I'm going to give you nine tactical responses. Some people might call them rituals. Some people might call them hacks. I simply call them nine lessons I learned in business. So let's move on. To Insta, if you're liking what you hear, tag someone. Because I can tell you, for many people here, it's probably going to be worth more valuable than a three-year Bachelor of Economics degree. And I'm going to say, I've got nothing against degrees. I've got nothing against degrees. And in fact, um, I would urge anyone that has an opportunity to do a degree. I simply don't think that having an honours degree is going to do fucking too much for your career in the new world that we live in. Gone is 
you walk in with high distinctions and credits and sit in front of someone and they say, we're going to look after you, you're going to work in this organisation, you're going to be part of Commonwealth Bank, you're going to be part of Macquarie Bank or whatever, and you're going to be here for the next 20, 30 years. That game is done and it's finished. Everyone now must become what I call an employee entrepreneur. So let me move on and just tell you, I'll just move this a little bit there. I'll just tell you lesson number one. Lesson number one I learned is this, is that honours degrees are overrated. In fact, I'll tell you all degrees are overrated. And what I mean by that is, you know, talent is overrated. The person with the highest IQ is overrated. What I'm going to be teaching you here today is that there are certain things that require zero talent. Zero talent. And let me run through those things. Let me run through those things. Number one that requires zero talent is being on time. No talent is needed for that. Number two is work ethic. No talent needed for that. Number three is effort. No talent needed at that. Number four is body language. You don't need to actually be super talented or gifted. Number five, energy. Again, it is not something that you're going to learn at university. It is not something that you're going to have that you are actually born with. This is something that can be coached into people. The next one is your attitude. You have got total control of your attitude. The next one is your passion. The next one is whether you are coachable as a person. Are you someone that is receptive and open to learning? I'm telling you straight, nine to five, nine to five is gonna make you a living from eight to 10, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's where you make a legacy. The next one is doing extra, doing extra. Again, that is something that, you know, is, is not a talent. That is, you know, it requires zero talent. And the next one is, um, uh, let me just think. I can't even fucking think of it, Susan. I had it in my head. Uh, being punctual, being punctual, being punctual, being on time, being on time. Guys and girls, by the way, can someone, as this is going on, hey, Candace, can someone fill me in as the tennis is going on? I've got the tennis on in the background. I'm really keen to find out, you know, whether he's won. By the way, it is Kyrgios that everyone is going for, and we want this guy to win the Australian Open, and that game is on as we speak. I think they probably paid the first game. So um, I'm going to say to you, as a leader, as an executive at News Corp, may I say to you this, may I say to you this. So they're in a fucking tiebreaker. So in the first set, we've got a tiebreaker. Um, Phoebe, good to see you. Six all first set. That must have been a super foot. That must have been fast. Okay. So six all. And they're watching the cricket there. Okay. So lesson number two, lesson number two that I learned. By the way, here's a lesson. Hire for attitude and train for skill. That's the motto of lesson number one. Hire for attitude and train for skill. That is the absolute, you know, lesson that comes out of the first one. Let me move on to lesson number two. Spreadsheets can be bullshit. Listen to me. Spreadsheets can be bullshit. 
And what I mean by that is behind the numbers, behind the numbers in a profit and loss report, behind the numbers in a revenues report, there can be absolute bullshit because there's a story behind the numbers. And I'll explain to you, for instance, you know, at News Corp, I could easily have a high revenue number coming in because what we had done is had adjusted the rate. So you could turn around and say, we're going to drop the rate on a particular product across Australia and dropping the rate means that it's a cheaper page price or anything that you're selling, you just drop the rate. And what actually happens is that when you drop the rate, you have more revenue coming in, but what actually happens is that profitability goes down. So someone that's got a revenue number can look like, hey, look at these numbers. But at the end of the day, how profitable is that profit, is that product, right? And the issue is that um, when sometimes you used to adjust the, uh, profit, the, the, the rate on a product, you're actually creating a problem because if a product becomes the key product in your um, category, what happens is if that product um, gets a cold, right, or the, the, the whole business gets sick because it becomes dependent on that. And we used to actually use the term, you know, um, when that sneezes, the whole business gets sick. Um, and give you another example of where how spreadsheets can bullshit. You can actually have, you know, a really good profit and loss report, right? You can have a really good profit and loss report. So the profit looks great. But the reason why the profit looks good is that you actually increased your rates to customers significantly that year. And even though your report looks good and you look like a superstar, what people don't see is the damage because you've pissed off a number of customers in the market. And what these customers have done is that they've grouped together and they're saying, we're pissed off about that decision. And even though your numbers look good, they might be planning a revolt or alternatively, another company comes along and they can see that there is massive profits in that product. And what they do is they launch a product in the marketplace. And there was always competition. And the main competition in the world of publishing was always between News Corp and Fairfax. So what I'm saying there is that sometimes a profit and loss report or a company's profits look absolutely fantastic but what they're not measuring. So they're measuring quantitative, but they're not measuring qualitative. And that is, is this a sound decision for the business in the long run? Or is someone else going to pay a price? This is a very important thing that people must understand in business. And this happens a lot of the time, CEOs, the world of CEOs is really interesting because a CEO comes along in an organization and what they are, they actually get a salary, but they also get what is called a short-term um, um, commission scheme, or they call it STI, short-term incentive scheme. So Phoebe Cook is telling us we've got a set point, keeping our fingers crossed that, well, it doesn't look good. Dimitrov's up 6-3 in the tiebreaker, and that is not good. He'll probably be going down a set down if he doesn't win the next few points. First set... Uh, sorry, what have we got here? The first set has gone to Kyrgios. That is great news. Rob McGregor has tell us 1-0 in the first set. Well done, Kyrgios. 
Okay, thank you, Marie. So what actually happens? Let me get back to let me get back to what goes on with CEOs. So just picture this. I've got to stay on track here. A CEO comes on board, Susan. This is what goes on. A CEO comes on board and they're remunerated by a base salary, but they're always remunerated by what is called an STI. Now, if you go and have a look at, um, you know, uh, annual reports of companies, you can actually see what CEOs and directors get paid. So the issue, okay, we've made an error. Dimitrov has won the first set. Fuck. Okay, that's all right. Okay, early days. And as they say, that is the first chapter, and this book's got five chapters. So, um, so, so a CEO starts, and then what they do is they want to make a high profit because their short-term incentive scheme is heavily built on profitability. And what happens is that they make some decisions to create more profits in the short term because what this CEO is thinking is that what they want to do is get their short-term bonus. But the issue is that a lot of CEOs are not in the company for 20 or 30 years. So what they do is they're making a short-sighted decision to get their um, incentive, which in many many times their, their incentive can be far higher than their salary. So what happens is that the company then is stuck with decisions that were made by a short-term CEO that has long-term ramifications. Thank you, Peter. Peter's at the actual Australian Open. So guys and girls, I'm telling you, always remember that the Excel spreadsheet that's got the profit and loss report can actually look good, but can actually be very damaging. I want to move on to the next lesson. Lesson number three is this, that the marketplace plus your effort equals success. And what I mean by that is sometimes your numbers can be good, not because of what you've done, not because of what you've done, but you've been riding the marketplace. And what actually happens is when the market's good, when the market's good, you can be riding it. You might be fucking bludging. You might be really incompetent at your job. You might actually have a shit team in place at the time. But what actually happens is the total market is good. And what happens is that you're benefiting out of the market. But here's the problem. When the market goes down, when the market goes down, you're fucked. Because what's actually happened is your market share was down, but your profits look good. And there's a great saying, and it says, only when the tide goes down do you know who has been caught swimming naked. I'll repeat it. Only when the tide goes down do you realize who was swimming naked. And I think, it's a Warren, that's, I think that is a Warren Buffett quote. And what we're saying is when the shit goes down, that's when you work out who's true and who's fake. So guys and girls, thank you, Luke. It is Warren Buffett. That is lesson number three, that don't sometimes think when things are good, it's because you're good. And conversely, there are other times when you're putting in heaps of effort, but the marketplace is shit. But that's okay, because what's actually happening is you're improving your market share. 
And when you're, when the total market goes up, you benefit because if you've gone from a market share of 20% to 30%, what actually happens is when the market goes up, you're picking an extra 10% on total market. And I'm sorry if I'm going a little bit too fast and using some terms uh, for people that aren't in the world of, say, you know, publishing or in a corporation. And I know that I've got a big real estate audience, but it, you know, it's the same with a real estate person. You know, when the market's good and there's more transactions in the marketplace, you know, you might only have a low market share, but you get by. But when fucking things toughen up and there's less transactions, that's when you get fucked. And that's why I say good agents, good agents win when markets turn. Let's move on. Lesson number five. Lesson number five is this. Girl power, girl power, girl power. And what I mean by that is this. Like, I'm a guy's guy. Don't get me wrong. My preference is if I want to go out and have a good night, I love going out with guys, having a beer, watching sport. You know, uh, most of the guys, most of the people I speak to on a real regular basis are guys. But I'm fucking smart enough to know that in my life, in the corporate world, I just noticed, and this is a generalized statement, because I've had great guys, you know, Billy Demu, who, you know, joins the rant sometimes, and, you know, I've, 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 had, I've, had, I've, had, I've had good people. But in general, I find that with girls, with females, they generally underestimate themselves. And what they do is that they worked harder, and they got high EQ, and they care, and they spend less time playing fucking political, you know, games. And what I notice is that girls generally over, uh, underestimate their abilities and guys generally overestimate their abilities. So for me, that they've been this hidden, hidden weapon in the marketplace. And I have to say to you, I had, you know, like most of my life, the managers that I had around me were females. I, I mean, I know that, you know, I think of, you know, Phoebe who's on here, I think of Nicole uh, I think of, you know, Dee, I think of Fiona, I think of Angie Dunn. I mean, Angie was with me, like, from day one. I mean, I, I remember, I actually went and poached Angie sitting at a real estate office while she was working for Telstra, trying to sell me a product, and I actually just got onto her straight away. And she, you know, she, Angie was with me for, um, I think, like, a decade. Um, so I just know that, for me... Girls are a hidden group of people. And I and I haven't, like, you know, when you hear, oh, you know, like in the corporate world, you know, like, you know, girls screw themselves to get to the top. I actually never, ever, ever saw that. I never, ever saw that. Um, so, uh, guys and girls, um, all I'm saying is, uh, I think in the years to come, uh, people are seeing what I saw 10 years ago, and girls are amazing value in the corporate world. Amazing. Okay. So let me move on to number six. Number six is an interesting one because number six is not a lesson as much as it is a character. And I can't help it that one of the most important characteristics of all is courage. And the reason I say it that when you work, when you move into working into a corporation, there are legacies that are in place. There's just these norms that are there. You know, part of it are set there by the culture. All right. So what you've got is you've got these, you know, rituals and habits and you know, culture 
has created the way things are done around there. Um, and no one's really thought in recent times why they're done. And there's a term called zero-based thinking. And zero-based thinking says, um, if these things weren't being done before and you were starting back from zero, would you actually start these things? Do they actually serve a purpose? So a lot of things have got expiry dates. And what actually happens is it takes courage for someone to come in and say, why the fuck are we doing that? Who does it make happy? How does it help the customer? And it takes courage because people are madly in love with the way that they're doing things. And what you've got to remember is what got you here won't get you there. And um, no one wants to muck around with the status quo. And that's why I say it takes courage. And courage is about the following. Courage is about doing the right thing, not the popular thing. And that's why I say I wish I'd learned this at an earlier age, that the person that has the most courage seems to take the most calculated risks. And that is the person that wins in the end. So I want to move on to lesson number seven. And lesson number seven is this. Listen to this. This one's my favorite. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. I'll say that again. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And what this is all about is that when you play the long game, the benefits of the long game actually come at a later time. And what happens is that um, they keep coming and people get the benefit of them for ages and ages and ages. So when I moved into my first role in um, uh, media in 206, um, I moved into uh, looking after, it was the company was called FPC and they had a you know publication called the Wentworth Courier, the Inner West Courier, they had a Vogue magazine, um, but I used to look after real estate. And I was fortunate enough that when I went in there, they had contracts in place. And these contracts went for years where a client would, you know, um, commit up to 75% of their volume for a lower rate or, a, you know, a rebate where it was allowed to have a rebate, you know, in certain parts of Australia that wasn't allowed. And what actually happened is that I got the benefit of going in and I had this guaranteed revenue coming into me without being too worried that it would, you know, I'd wake up one day and it would be gone. Um, now, what we clearly know is organisations every day, let, let's talk about, you know, the classifieds business, which I know well, like organisations like Seek, car sales and realestate.com.au are examples of organisations that get, you know, the benefit of sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And don't get me wrong, you know, these organisations have to keep evolving, be innovative, and the one that I know, of course, is realestate.com, who, you know, a lot of people, you know, criticise that organisation, but I've got to tell you, when you actually look at the return of investment that they give, 
you know, a real estate agent, particularly when it's vendor paid, you turn around and think to yourself, hang on a second, uh, they're actually a critical and important part of my business. But they still, like car sales and seek, have had this first move advantage of becoming a brain tattoo in the marketplace. So in, in automotive and in employment and in real estate, we know that these three businesses, these three businesses are really difficult to dislodge. Um, so gang, the point I'm making is this, the point I'm making is this, that a great leader is going to make decisions for the long term and that you will have the benefit of these long after they were made. I want to move on to lesson number eight, and that is act like an executive, but think like a customer. Act like an executive, but think like a customer. And what I mean by that is that you've got to swap the fucking boardroom on the 20th floor that's got harbour views because you won't learn anything about the fucking customer sitting around with a bunch of other executives fucking talking about what you think the customer wants. What you'll learn is sitting in the office with the customer and you've got to think like the customer because you've got to follow the money trail. You've got to follow the money trail. And I've got to, you know, I mean, and I clearly remember me screwing up badly in around 2005 when I came up with a strategy that what we should do is have all the, you know, like have 32 um, uh, uh, houses in an advertisement and that what you would do is you would allow a, a client in one part of Sydney to be using another publication to be putting those properties in there. And I remember going out to a client and saying, hey, look at this great idea, you know. Um, and, you know, the client said, I don't like it. And I said, no, 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 but you don't, but trust me, Michael, it's good for you. It's good for you. And he said, I don't care whether it's good for me. That's like saying to me, broccoli is good for me. Eat the broccoli. I don't want the broccoli, Tom. And that's when I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you think, what matters is what the customer thinks. And, you know, Billy Deem is online and he understands very well what I mean by this because he's one of the client-centric managers that was at News Corp with me. And that is that you always must remember, solve the customer's problem. Sure, you've got to act and fit in with the culture of an organization. But you must always begin and say, what keeps the customer up at night? Very important. Act like an executive, but think like a customer. To the point that, I've got to tell you, when I was at News Corporation full-time as an executive, I used to walk in and out, and I was a bit, I looked like a, you know, I looked like a bit of a backpacker in many ways. Like, I would sit, you know, at a cafe and do my work and I never really immersed myself and in many ways I thought to myself, this is going to be detrimental for me. This is going to be, the fact that I'm not going to be playing, you know, corporate politics is going to affect my career, but it didn't affect my career one bit at all. And at all times, at the relationship at News Corp, I've got to tell you, I had every one of my managers were always gutted and devastated when they had an inkling that I was going to go. So, gang, let me just assure you, think like the customer. Think like the customer. And that leads me to lesson number nine. And lesson number nine says this, fuck the market research agencies. They want to suck your money dry. Fuck them. I've got to tell you, you want to do market research? 
All you got to do is this. Go and sell. Go and sell the product before you have the product. And if the client buys the product, go back and quickly fucking develop the product. Because the only way, the only way, the only way you, the only way you are going to find out whether something is going to work in the market is whether a client fucking buys it, right? And if you go and do market research and the market researchers go and say, hey, you know, would you think, you know, would, would you buy something like this or what do you think of this or what do you think of that? Man, at the end of the day, clients will just tell you, yeah, 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 oh, I like that, yeah, yeah. They just want to fucking finish the questionnaire. It's not until the client says, yes, I'll buy that, that you know they have to have skin in the game. So what I say, no matter, anyone that's listening to here, you got a fucking business. You got a business? Hey, I say you. You want to work out about a product? Go off and try and sell it. If someone buys it, say, okay, give me a week and go and fucking produce it because you're on a winner. Okay, guys and girls, I am going to let you know that tomorrow, Real Estate Gym members, 11 o'clock, we have got our Blast Off Real Estate 2018 webinar. John McGrath and I are going to run through what you need to know to succeed, and it is part inspiration, it is part skills, it is part planning. 11 o'clock, we have got our webinar. All Real Estate Gym members, you'll have an email and you'll log in. If you are not a Real Estate Gym member, Susan, can they sign up to the Real Estate Gym? It's open. They can. Go to realestategym.com.au. Susan will pin the URL in the comments section and you can see it. Um, but guys and girls there, I'm also pleased to let you know that we are bringing on for the Real Estate Gym members only a real estate rant and I'm going to work out whether it's going to be fortnightly or it's going to be monthly. There you go, Susan. You've pinned it. You've done it. Exactly. Beautiful. So she has pinned it there. We are going to be having a real estate rant for real estate gym members where I am just going to be doing real estate stuff. Real estate because I want to make sure that we deliver incredible value for the value of the three coffees that my members pay per week. Um, Guys and girls, that is it. They are the nine lessons that I learned in the world. And let me just say, it is now second set to all. Guys and girls, Lisa, Mark, good to see you all. I want to finish on that rant. To those of you that are watching it on delay, tag someone if you thought it was good on Insta. Tag someone on Facebook, share it. And I want you to remember... What Warren Buffett once said, and that is, people pay a price, but it is value that they get. You want to get paid more? Deliver more value. Be a value-added provider. Show more, do more, give more. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next-